A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and to our podcast. My name is Ryan Crawford, and joining me once again this week is Robert Boyle. Robert, how's things, mate? All good, Ryan. Thanks. Yourself? Ah, not bad, mate. Well, as we spoke about before, come on, Robert. We've got a big one this week. Um, special guest, obviously. It's international break. Not a lot to talk about with Celtic, so we've kind of changed that about a bit. Um, we've got current for my current professional footballer, Declan McManus, um, plays for the Dunfermline. With the father Dean Fleetwood, what other teams will obviously get involved with? We chat with Declan. Declan, how's things, mate? Aye, all good, all good. Uh, getting on with it. As I say, it's uh, brought for you to come on. I know you're obviously busy with your football and stuff, and obviously family life. So I really appreciate you taking time out to talk to us today. Uh, that's no problem. I don't, I don't mind at all, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty open at night. I've nothing to do. <laughs> Once the winds are in bed, I'm, I've nothing to do. Um, as, as you're talking about family life and kids and stuff, how's, how's obviously a lot been with you? Obviously with family life and how's it been with the football as well? How's it, has it been mentally hard for you at the moment or is it just because you're still playing, it's just business as usual? Uh, obviously at the start, when I, obviously last season it all got shut down and it was torture, the reins were stuck in the house and having two reins, they're five and three, so there's no much that, we could do in the house that, that eventually it didn't get boring for them. So uh, I was I was losing my heat a bit at that stage. But once the football gets started back, it's for me. I'm lucky that way that I, I'm still getting to go about my my everyday kind of life mostly. So uh, once that started back, it was, <laughs> it was pretty much back to normal. You see, obviously you mentioned about obviously it all stopped and. We're all a bit kind of shocked about what's happening. How is it? How 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 has that been for yourselves? Obviously, but it's been playing football because obviously first we did the injury. So how's how's it been for you as a team and obviously training and as a squad? How's it been to obviously be involved in that? How was it to take? Was it obviously a bit of shock with the rest of us? I well, last last year I wouldn't have, I'd have been if it spoke to me when it was all first shut down. I'd have been fucking training balling probably because. I was on loan at Falkirk and we were a point half three throwers um, when it got shut down and they obviously ended up getting handed the title. So it was, there was so many good points to the, the shutdown and so many bad points and did they handle it properly? There's a million questions that had to be answered, but that happened and then coming into this season, it was, 
when we first went back, it's, we wouldn't have, it was, you couldn't have imagined what it was like. It was so it was only to start with, I think it was only about eight boys allowed in a section of a pitch. Uh, it was non-contact. It was it was just all kind of passing drills and literally you walk once you you keep your mask on until you're on the park and as soon as you're off the park your mask on no go near them then it's kind of it's it's obviously uh, relaxed a wee bit but um, we're still we're still in terms of the knowledge chillers the no what even 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 at the same gun. I like we played uh, Martin last night in the Scottish Cup, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm staying in the filming there. And you know, we're not allowed buses, but we're allowed buses. But uh, our clubs decided to all travel uh, on their own cars just to kind of um, if if we get a COVID case and we've all been on the same bus, it can knock at the whole team. So. Um, so we're, we're driving our own cars to most of the away games, and I was an hour and a half back. Didn't get home till after twelve last night. Pure stinking. <laughs> Need to get a shower. So it's, in terms of that, that's not ideal, right? But uh, everyday training, you're still masked on until you're on the park. And then now it's as I said, it's relaxed and it's it's normal training once you're on the park. But um, we're, we're COVID tested every week and stuff, so. It is still strict, but as I say, it's a, it's a bit more relaxed for the start of the season. Because obviously when you mention that, Robert, that must be hard for them as well, because they're doing that every day. And then obviously us, we're still in life. But for them, that's their job. That must be even harder because they're restricting on what they can do. And obviously, they've maybe noticed it with Celtic this season when it comes to team spirit and stuff like that. Get new signings, maybe a bit of mingle with Declan is because of the restrictions. It must be really hard, Brian, um, especially Declan saying he's been training probably the best part of training and playing five, six days a week to then nothing and no getting to, as you say, mingle with the players or you don't know when you're starting back. It must be really, really hard then. I don't know, how is that, Declan, for your mental health through lockdown and that, with no being able to play football and stuck in the house with two young kids? Uh, it, was, it was tough, right? Because um, since I was 15 and a half year old, I've been in a football dressing room uh, environment and every day in my life, practically. Um, so the fact that that was kind of taken away from me, you get your, you get your six weeks off in the summer, mm. obviously, but at that point, you're, you're needing it. Um, and it's just that, that kind of However many months it was, that the period of just kind of taking away from you. It wasn't like a a date that you were going back at it. No, so it was kind of just a bit. Uh, you didn't know what was happening. Obviously, as everybody else in, in life didn't know. But for me, it was uh, as I said, every day of my life was getting out of football and getting in the dressing room with the band on that and. Uh, uh, just stopped and it was tough like but you just I just kind of got in the mindset of everybody in life's going through the same thing and and having the two wins 
that's a big focus that we can just put yep. on them that try and make their day a wee bit more funner or whatever else. So uh, it got easier, um, but it was, de- it was definitely tough. How was your fitness and stuff like that? Could you keep up doing your fitness or did you seem to lose track of your fitness in that time? Uh, no, no, well, as I said, I was on, I was on loan at, at Falkirk and at the time and at the time we didn't know if the leagues were going to start back or, or, or what. So we got our um, exercise bike came to the house and I was on that quite a quite a few times a week and then I was good at runs and I was trying to keep on top of it but just for me personally I would always say there's no fitness like like training and playing fitness uh, you could be injured and you do the hardest running with a physio that you'll ever do but as soon as you go into a game it's a completely different fitness so I, I wasn't I wasn't as fit as I, I, I know I would be if I was training and playing, but you just try to try do your best, try and keep on top of it. But that's boring. Then how to run your lap was the worst part. I hate running myself. So um that that was tough just doing all that yourself and try to keep motivated was was a tough one. But obviously as she says it's it's I it's, it's see because it's obviously that's your fault job maybe it helped you. In a way, because you've had a routine to keep fit, and obviously you've got kids, so you've kind of been maybe lucky that you've had a, a bit of routine to keep yourself busy during it as well. Aye, aye. Um, it just it, it kind of the days I've done it, it did break up the days and and stuff like that. But, but as I say, that for me personally, I hate doing it all myself. Mm. I I get it done, but I don't enjoy it at all. Um, and in terms of when I go back pre-season, um, I enjoy, I find it easier to do pre-season with the team than, than go out and motivate myself to do these ones. So, um, but as I say that, you just get it done. You, nine times out of ten, your club will send you a sheet that you need to follow step by step anyway and, and keep track of it and they'll check up on it so you, you kind of have to do it anyway so um, that that be incentive of knowing that they're going to be checking it obviously make, make sure that you get it done so see in that sense you're saying they're Declan like training on your own are you one of these guys who likes to push yourself against other players like I'll keep up with him in training or keep up with him in the fitness maybe like the bleep test and stuff like that you kind of it fires you up to be against somebody Rather aye, aye. yourself. For, for me personally, I uh, that's a well, a big part of my game. But if I'm playing against somebody, I like to get the better, uh, even in training or whatever else. And in terms of the running, you you never meet somebody that's happy being the first guy to do it. So um, it does become competitive. Um, you get the old the old guy that's there's guys that are fitter than other. There's guys that could run all day in a game, and there's guys that could run all day in the running. It's it's weird. It's there's different types of fitness there is, and um, but it's, it definitely is does come become a kind of competitive in preseason. Everybody 
especially if it's, I don't know, you're a young boy coming back, you're trying to push into the first team or whatever else, and you want to show that you're, you've been working hard and you're, you're fit and you're, you're ready. Or just a new manager or anything like that, it's, it puts that wee bit more on it that you, you need to kind of show up good when you're back. So yeah. there definitely is that competitive side to it as well. Obviously, the start of your career, um, you know, your youth days at Aberdeen. Um, see, early on before you met Aberdeen, see, obviously, and uh, I went to school and stuff, but see, in school, we always, we always, like, I'm going to be a football player, can I forget school, or did you just try hard in school, but knowing that you were in your head, you wanted to be a football player, was that your main thing, and that was your main job to be? Obviously, in school, you get asked, would you want to be, but you'd have been a football player? Aye, I was dead certain that. I was, I think my dad says I was about three year old that I was in my own head that I, I was going to be a football player. Um, whether you've got the talent or whatever else to get you there is a different story. But I was always, and it's probably a large part down to my dad being quite strict on it, that um, I kind of kept the focus on that. Because um, I, I never touched a, a drink until I was 16. All my pals growing up in Gafarmock or steaming, but I don't know. I, I can always remember thinking, nah, football. Mm-hmm. I'll do it when I'm, I'm, I'm playing football. Um, and just that, I just had that wee bit of fear that, that if I'd done that, I, I might not get there. But um, I always had that, I did always have that focus that I was, I was going to. Be a football player. I've always been my worst critic, but I always had the belief as well that I was I was going to do it. So, um, but you kind of it's no sounding arrogant or anything. You, you get the feeling when mm-hmm. you're you're maybe between ten and 13, 14 year old that you're you're better mm-hmm. than most players. Or when you're obviously I, I went to Aberdeen when I was eight. So I was in that kind of pro youth set up quite early, but um, when you're playing boys club and that, you, you tend you tend to get the boys that will stick out like a sore thumb and end up at pro youth clubs. Um, so I knew I was half decent. I, I didn't think I was Ronaldo or anything, but I, I always had the belief that I could I could go and get a bash. So I think that we we better. Um, Discipline that I had that I say, I say discipline, but I, I just I had a wee bit of focus when I was young. That I, it was the only thing I wanted to do. I, nothing else appealed to me. Do you, do you think that's something that's missing in football these days? Obviously, I don't know what happens at kind of clubs now with the youth and stuff. Do you think maybe guys have got a lot of talent, but maybe they don't believe in themselves enough to actually get to that that stage of actually signing professional? Yeah, I think that as as well as. I think there's more money in the game now that teams are like selling. It's it's tough for for boys to come through there a lot because they've got that much money that they and that much pressure on them winning things that they go and they'll buy somebody. Um, it's even worse than south as boys sitting twenty four, twenty five year old at Man City. They might be on ten, fifteen grand a week, but they're they're not put, played a single game and. That's nearly twenty five. It's it's daft, and I, me personally, I could I could have never done that 
Um, I always wanted to be going to play first team football if it, if it meant going out and loan or, or walking away from Aberdeen like I did when I was a wee bit older to go and try and play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of sit on a bench or sit in a stand and watch on a Saturday. I want to be playing football, so it's it's my football has football's changed to when I was uh, a youth player, and that's not even that long ago. It's 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 got a lot softer in terms of like when I was a, a youth player, we done everything. We mm-hmm. we clean boots, we clean balls, we set up the training pitches, we clean vans, we we done everything. Um, but it kind of gave you that that real life kind of kick that because when you're going full time you're, you're in amongst first team players that are like earning 10 grand a week it's, mm-hmm. it's like opposite ends of the scale you're, you're getting in on practically minimum wage and you're, you're training with these guys so it kind of it keeps you Grounded, but I, me now going to different clubs, I, I don't see that now with the young boys. Um, but as I said, it, money as well, that that it's making it harder for young boys to, to break through. To um, see that Aberdeen, who was actually like, who was good being like, the first team players? Like, obviously, like, did anybody take you under your, under your arm and say, listen, be a bit of speed tips about how to maybe get? get to the first team and can I maybe get better to any wee tips about that for the first teams? Aye, there was a, there was a lot like um, I was I was close with uh, Gavin Ray he used to take me in and out of training sometimes and he was brilliant with young boys he always always tried to encourage and and, and get the best out of young boys um, like say Paul Hartley Paul Hartley used to take me down the road to Glasgow Um when I couldn't drive, and he was going down the road, he would jump a few of the boy, the Glasgow boys in, and take them down the road. So, and he was always the same. He was kind of towards the end of his career when he when he came to Aberdeen, but <clears throat> he was brilliant in terms of that. Um, he always tried to help when he could, and it was just there was a, there was a good few at Aberdeen uh, throughout my time that were really good. There was never any. There was never any day be too too big time or mm-hmm. like that. It was it's maybe because at that point it's it's not as if you're you're at a Man City or something like that. It's I think the the general feeling for the, the first team boys when I when I was young was they knew what could help them but what wouldn't they? So um, but as I said, there was a, there was a few guys that are, that had really good careers that were actually you, you, they had the the opportunity to be arrogant and mm-hmm. and just back you off, but they were the exact opposite. So obviously that that for a young lad is is really good to to have somebody like that to look up to, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. Having these guys to to just talk to and ask questions and 
stuff like that. So. Because obviously we're talking about Paul Hartley, obviously he was heart Celtic, done it about Celtic. For him to man, as you say, the end of his career, do you think he would have been a, a guy you kind of looked up to in a way, like, this is what I maybe need to strive to, to be, to be in that first team and maybe like, see his, like, his diet, was it different to yours? How was it wee tips like that? Was it different that you kind of took for him? Uh, just, so, Paul, Paul wasn't a, wasn't a, a, the absolute athlete, mm-hmm. but he, he was a fucking good football player and he, he, he done, he had an amazing career, really, to play for Celtic and, and win the things he did and play for Scotland as many things he did and whatever else. It's, so you just, for me personally, I would always, it wasn't, it wasn't off the park as much stuff that I would I would really zone in on that was it was on the park. Um and just seeing these guys like because when you're young you can get really uptight even in training just I I felt personally I I held myself back a wee bit when I was young just getting so uptight and worried about making bad passes or, or something like that. And these guys just they didn't care because it happens. It happens at mm-hmm. other times a game, so we make a bad pass. <laughs> but um, it's it was just refreshing to, to see these guys. And I, as I said, for me personally, I I would merely cone the part. But you do pick up wee things of um, like the guys that you're looking up to, like uh, Paul and and whoever else that. Even recovery wise, or they're looking after their bodies, they're playing games, or they're making sure that they get their ice baths, they're getting they're doing everything they need to do to make sure they're, they're ready for the next game. So, you do pick up, up on maybe things. See, when you were coming through youth level, was there anybody you played at youth level and you went, Wow, well, he's a different kettle of fish, like he's head and shoulders above other people? Uh, but I like to say, um. In my youth, in my youth team, um, we had a good youth team. We had Jacko, that's now at Rangers. We had uh, Ryan Fraser, that's obviously went down south and done really well. Played with Ryan since I was eight. Um, always knew that he was he was brilliant, but it was actually a stage. I think it was like under 15, 17s where he was obviously small, so. At that time, it, it was he kind of hampered them a wee bit in terms of everybody was growing and he wasn't growing as fast. And I, I don't know, I think they, they maybe questioned whether he would grow, but as soon as he, he went in full time, um, I think it was only about two weeks and he was in the first team under Mark McGee. Mark McGee took him out in the first team and it was it was training with him every day and that because it was it was just a brilliant football player and it didn't matter about his height. Um I Jacko Jacko was always fucking Jacko's brilliant. He's just he's so consistent and in uh, in terms of his play, you very rarely see him lose the ball. Um we had Clarkie Robertson, who's had a good career. He's went down to Dovrum and 
played championship and league one and that being south and so um Fraser Five was on our team. Obviously didn't get a real wind in south. So we, we had a lot of good players that were on our team. Um that have turned out to have, have good careers. Did you win any cups or leagues at youth level? Um the year my last year a, a youth was the youth team won the the youth league, but I, I never actually played in any of the games. I think I played one or two, but I was actually on loan for most of it. Um, but the, the year that we had like Jacko and and Fivey and like we're, we're kind of our best squad, I think um, we did we didn't win it. It was always it was always Celtic. It was always Celtic or Rangers. It were. Um, we pushed them in games that we played them and, yeah. and stuff like that but the other space of the season they were always that wee bit more consistent and um, and Celtic's, Celtic's youth team was, was brilliant when I first started up um, like say James Keaton's and that was brilliant at youth and um, James Forrest and whatever else but uh, we, we, we pushed them, but kind of probably our, our best squads never never won it. Um, the the a couple of years later, we had a, a young squad um, under Paul Sheeran, and, and he won it with them. So, uh, but I think the last few seasons, it's actually I don't know if Celtic or Rangers have been anywhere near it in the last few seasons. They used to. I know it's, I know it's not there now, but. Um, I, I think the likes of Ross County in that one as well so I think uh, it's very good no. but when I was young it was just Celtic Rangers it was they, they were the, the teams to beat See obviously you were saying as well Aberdeen the youth days were you in digs at Aberdeen like, was it digs or was it were you staying up there yourself as, 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 as you progressed in the youth team were you basically were you because obviously you hear a lot of stories with Professionals just say like the youth days was their best days of life. They still talk to a lot of guys and obviously a lot of pranks and maybe no happen now because of, as you say, football's changed. How was he? How was that kind of the camaraderie and, and uh, that, that team? It was unbelievable. Like just obviously moving away at like fifteen and a half or something. I was um, when I moved up to Aberdeen myself. Uh, you, when you first move up, you do go into digs. Um, the first place we we stayed, and then we we moved to another family, and and they were brilliant. Just just like having your your own family. Obviously, it wasn't your family, but they, they were brilliant. They were had your dinner on. They they actually, I, I think that the, the couple actually loved me and um, my mate Jamie Masson that we we shared the digs and. They, they loved us, they, they proper, proper looked after us, and that made it, that made it a lot easier, obviously. Because um, you, you had that kind of family set up that you were coming home, your dinner was made, and, and she, the woman was brilliant. She would do your washing, she cleaned <laughs> clean your room and everything. She, she'd done a lot more than she probably should have, and she was paid for, but she was brilliant. Um, I was on. I was, I was maybe 
I think I was 17. And uh, I just, I, I needed my own space. I wanted to go out and, and just date myself because I, as soon as I moved up there, I was completely independent anyway. So, um, and being away from home, 90% of the year, you're, you're just, you do become self-efficient and um, I wanted my own space. So I was only about 17 when I, I went and got my own flat uh, and I loved it. Just, just having your own space and just being a, a proper grown-up, it was, it, was, it was a good uh, good part of the life. But as you're saying, with the camaraderie and that, the, the youth team dressing rooms was unbelievable. Just non-stop, every day, just pranks and trying to piss after the, the first team boys and just just non-stop. And then obviously you would get him to either the digs or your flat and you'd be sharing with your your teammates and just gone for meals all the time or going out places all the time and that's a big thing about COVID and um, it's hard to get a, a team spirit when you're you're just going to train you're talking to the boys in the training park and then you're away you're, you're not going for a coffee you're not going for meals you're, you kind of go nights out or whatever they're all it's all big parts of it and that's that's been the weirdest thing about this this season, but um, the youth days were were unbelievable. You made your debut against them, Fairman for Aberdeen. How was that? I was it was that uh, surreal. Just I was kind of I was in and around the first team at the time, and I was a few times before that that because um, I was scoring a lot of goals for the youth. Um, Craig Brown had, had said a few times it, it, Craig Brown was brilliant and he, he rated me highly and um, he'd said to me a few times like be ready um, you're going to get your shot and that and so I think it was about three or four weeks I was I was on the bench I was like when's it going to happen um, and then we went to Dunfermline and I think we were I think I don't know if we were two 0 down when I first came on, but we went two 0 down. I think, and I was thinking, right, surely he's just going to chuck me on here because it's it was towards the end of the game and the team was just just wide days. He just knew there was no chance of getting back in the game. Um, and my dad, and my, my my wee granddad was there. Uh, obviously, we've been close to Glasgow, so it was absolutely. I was like, it's perfect, perfect time to go on. Um, and he, he turned around and he shouted me and my my best mate Jamie Masson that I'd shared the digs and flats with and we made our debuts at the same time so it was it was a wee bit surreal but just coming on and you're playing in front of fans and uh, everything else it obviously wasn't the biggest of crowds in the world but <clears throat> just coming on and just it, it was just a bit surreal Um just pure adrenaline that you're running on, to be honest. But again, it gives you, gives you a wee bit of... Although you know there's still millions of work to be done, it kind of gives you that wee feeling of, I've made it. A bit, of taste, it. A, bit of, a bit of taste for it to keep progressing. Because as you say, 
But I, I've, I've had a lot of stories about Craig Brown, how, how he, was, he was funny, he was, he was very good with the players. And if a guy, like, maybe as a young guy like yourself, maybe him telling you that, you might be thinking, shit, I'm actually all right here. I might be doing all right here. If he's praising me highly and obviously getting your debut, he must have had a lot of faith in you. Aye, well, it was, it was obviously Craig Brown and, and Archie Knox was his assistant. And obviously, you know, Archie Knox was Fergie's number two. Mm. Um, the, the two of them had unbelievable careers um, in management and coaching. Like say, obviously, I was pretty young, but I knew Craig Brown, what he'd done with Scotland and whatever else. And, just these sort of guys, you get the kind of aura of them that they've been, they've been places and they've, they've done things. So, when I was obviously really young, I was, I think it was only, I think it was, he came in, I think, when I was 16, and it was kind of towards the end of the season, I think. And then the next season, turned 17, and he, I started really kicking on with the youth team and scoring a lot of goals. and I remember one night we were at a, uh, we were playing Murrow in a youth team game at Petaudry and they came and they watched and I scored a hat-trick and he, I'd scored by his, uh, a goal that I'd, it was their corner and it heated out to the edge and I took it through their box, to, their box and scored and he came in after the game and he, he pulled me out the dressing room when the, the coach was speaking, the youth team coach and he was like, it's a that's the best goal I've ever seen. <laughs> and I was like, all right, mate. I'd like, kind of think he was joking, but he's uh, like, he just came out of the boy and just went, I'm going to offer you a three year first team deal. And I was like, what? He's like, don't accept it unless than any of the younger boys in the first team dressing room are on and get the same money as them. And I, like, I want you. In my squad next year, and I was just like, you know, blown away a wee bit. So I always knew that he really rated me. Um, and to be honest, I'm, I'm glad that it was him that, that did give me my, my debut because it's another wee thing, to, uh, thing that I can, I can say that a manager of his quality was a guy that, that believed in me first. So I think I see your Tom McCray Brown actually sent you with a goal to him, it might have not been, but for him to say that to you, he's maybe saying that for a reason, and that's maybe one reason maybe why his man management was really good because we things like that help you. And I don't maybe maybe fans don't really see that what happens in inside stadiums and training grounds, like what managers actually do. It might not be tactics, it might be wee things like that that actually makes you go, shit, that's oh thanks a lot. And then you start progressing that and make sure you you can maybe doing that all the time because you're known what he's seen and I think that's brilliant for him personally for me yeah. I think that's brilliant to give you to maybe to him he's not doing anything but he is doing stuff it's maybe about a mind game saying well that's brilliant you're thinking oh shit cheers you know what I mean oh right. that, like when he, was, when he was saying it obviously I knew it was a good goal you don't very often get the ball in one half and run all the way and score but um him and Archie, it's like they were complete opposites, but they both had that aura. Like you listen to Craig Brown 
because he knew what he was talking about. He was, but he was a kind of, he was a kind of good cop. Mm. He would always be calm with you, and if he'd done something wrong, he would, he would kind of try and come across in a good way um, to help you. Whereas Archie was a the tough one, the, the bad cop. Archie was mental, but um, but you also listened and you took everything you said. Um, so the two of them were, were good in their own ways. Um, so for the two of them to be obviously looking at me, seventeen year old, and, and believing that I can I can do something was was a big thing for me. See Archie Knox and you're saying Craig Brown. Did they tell you any like funny stories over the years of being managers, like maybe being at the World Cup '98 or big bound? Then funny that they could tell you. Uh, I remember, I remember them. They, they did tell a few stories, but they were they were older. They were old when they came in, older guys. So it wasn't it. wasn't like a, a young manager would be kind of. And chatting away, and yeah. that it would sometimes be telling stories, and you, you would listen in and that. But um, after that, my head, I can't really think of any. I used to talk about Archie, used to talk about Fergie a lot, and, and how the two of them because people would say Archie was mental, and they'd be like, oh, Should I see me and Fergie together? <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that because the two of them. He's like hair dryer treatment. You'd never, you'd never see anything like it. But he was, he was just, he was just mental. Every morning he'd come in, me Ryan Fraser. Um, obviously, was, um, basically in the first team at the time, and he was, um, but they obviously kind of Archie would try and keep on grounded. He would always, but Rizy was. Rizzi's the most grounded guy in the world, like literally probably a millionaire now and he just wouldn't he walked by on the street, he just wouldn't even notice. But um he, he used to get his granddaughter to drive him at training and he had to be in for like half eight because Archie would be in and Archie you would just hear Archie <laughs> shout his room go, Rizzo, where's my tea? <laughs> Rizzi had to go and make his team toast in that every morning. If there was one bit of fucking bump bread on his plate, it would go mental. Um, but just it was just proper old school, but it, it was really good. That's lacking football now. See that you're saying a Fergie shouting at players and stuff like that. You think that side of football is lost? And it's to me as a young boy growing up, that would make me more determined. But I think nowadays young boys would go in there and. You can't really do it for them football now. I think that's quite sad. Aye, the thing, the thing is, when I, it's only I've only been playing ten years now, but even ten years ago when I first went in, it's it's completely changed. Like if you were a Walton flower, you you had no chance. Like yeah, you had to take it and do better, or you, you just wouldn't last. Um, and. And now I feel like, obviously I'm not coaching or that, but I feel like they kind of hold themselves back sometimes and think, oh, I can't say that. Or, like, you're seeing like youth team coaches getting 
took to court and all that for why they're treating um, youth players and shouting at them too much. And, and I think it's the ones, it was a youth team coach down south recent, a couple of years ago, that got sacked for something that he'd, he was bullying or something. I think I'm, I can't remember the story, Declan, but I can I, I can remember, I can't mean to it was, sorry, but I can remember the story. I think it was bullying or something, wasn't it? Right, see, see, 10 years ago, we get bullied every single day of our lives then. Because literally, a youth team coach would come in and he would go, Job's now, like, you're no leaving here. Don't care what time it is until your job's done. And that sort of stuff just doesn't happen now. Like, obviously, I see young boys and they, they don't need to clean a boot. They don't need. We have to clean balls and see, see in like winter days and that. Oh Jesus! You're standing outside and it's snowing. You're cleaning bot uh, balls and boots and scraping. They have to be spotless and at your players' bit for them coming in the next morning. Um, gale force winds and you're carrying like full size goals. <laughs> so. I, I, it has got a lot softer uh, for me. And in terms of what you're saying about, about coaches and that, I, I do feel like they, they have to hold themselves back to and They're not quite as strict and as, as hard as, as they were when, when I was 15, 16. You can imagine an Alex Ferguson in the modern game. He wouldn't last a month, I don't think, at any club. Nah, that, the that's, that's the thing. Like, he's the greatest manager in the world. And he obviously got the best of his players for what he went and done, um, and and you just don't see that. Now. It's just the for me the whole game is getting softer, but I think that's just the whole world. The whole world's getting softer. You no, can't say it at the end, day, but um, that's that has definitely got a lot softer since. Even as I say, I've only been ten years, but. Since then, it's, it's changed massively. Rob, and when you used to at Aberdeen, you went on loan to, uh, was it Morton and Agua? Was that just to get game time and obviously just to get, get merit space of playing football? I definitely was. When I, I, it was Alawa first. Um, it was when Paul got the job, job at Alawa. Um, and they, they get promoted to the championship. And um, I was, I was kind of at that stage where I was. I was playing youth, I was scoring most weeks um, and just, it just wasn't testing me the way that I needed to be tested and um, I went to Alaba and it was, it was a culture shock, it was because I was in a team that was getting into games trying not to get beat mm-hmm. and you would maybe go through a whole game and you would need to have a chance, a sight of goal and it was just completely different and it, it didn't work for me. I was there six months and for whatever reason, it, it, I just I didn't get going in terms of goals. <clears throat> for the most part, I would, I would do all right. I would do a job for the team and that, but in terms of goals, I was used to scoring weekend week out with youths. It, it wasn't happening. So um, so I, I was I was there six months and it, it just I, had, I only scored once. And... Um, as I said, it was it could have it could have worked out negative in terms of 
people looking in outside for the outside and see a, a scored one goal and I think it was seventeen or eighteen games. And but for me I wouldn't change it because it made me realise that there's so much merit. Like when you step into a man's game it's it's hundred times harder than a youth team game. So uh, I learned a lot and it set me up nicely for when I did go to uh, Morton the, the next season uh, on loan. And obviously I knew what I was walking into and, and I managed to hit the green running there. Because obviously you were uh, nominated for the player of the year and obviously I, I think you won it as well. So obviously you must have done well at Morton and I think I think the Morton fans do kind of take to you, I think, a bit, because obviously I've scored a few goals and I think you've done really well there. I, I, I did. I, I did a really good season. Um, I think I scored 23 goals and, and obviously, as you say, I won play the year. We won the, we won the league and it was just a kind of surreal year for me. It was, everything went good and everything happened the way I, I wanted it to happen. And just really enjoyed my football just was under Jim Duffy and Jim Duffy was brilliant and he's still have so much respect for Jim he, he, he done so much for my game um, he just every Saturday as soon as I went in he, he just had that belief in me he just let me go and play he wouldn't really coach me in terms of wanting me to do particular things in games, he would just he would just kind of say to me, go and do your thing, and, and he used to say to me, I don't care how bad you're playing the game, I know you're going to get a chance and I know you'll take it. Um, so, going into a game and you're thinking, manager knows, um, isn't, he, isn't he bothered by how my performance is? If I go and get my goal, then I'm playing next week. So, it was that sort of pressure taking off it. <clears throat> um, and as I said, I, I hit the ground running quite early, and I think I had five goals or something in my first three games. And just if you get that start, it, it does kick you on and give you that confidence. So, but I was I was in a good team at that level. Um, we were a good team, and we created a lot of chances, which obviously helps as a striker. If you're getting the chances, you're you're going to take them. So. It was just a good fit for me, and as I said, everything, everything went the way I wanted it. See, in the modern game of football, Declan, do you feel it's overcoached and over tactics now, rather than just maybe letting a guy like yourself express himself? Like, just you do what you do up front, rather than, I want you to be here, I want you to work with defenders, I want you pushing it left, you know. And that modern game of football, sometimes people are just overcoached and too much tactics are brought into football. I, for me, sometimes, sometimes there's just there's just too much talk, isn't it? The opposition team, and like I saw the other day, Russell Martin speaking about his MK Dons team, and he was asked, "Have you got a plan B?" Because he's got a style of play, and everybody can see he's got a style of play, and it wasn't working. I think they'd lost three or four games in a row, and he went, "No." I don't need a plan B, I just need, you just need to get better at the plan A. And that for me, if I was by his players, that, that's brilliant. Like, because you've got a way of playing and he's set on it. And 
whatever way you put like Man City, they've got a style of play. At Disney, it always work, and they're some of the best players in the world. They get beat sometimes as well. Not very often, but they get beat. So for me, if I was a manager, I was a coach, I would have a style of play and I would be set on it. And obviously, I would look at the opposition and, and their strengths and whatever else. But for me, my sole focus would be on my team and my team strengths and what we can do to hurt the opposition. Because um, you, you focus on yourselves, you're focusing on outscoring the other team. Simple as that. You outscore the other team, you win the game. So that that would that would be if I was walking in a coaching job that that would be for me. But I do think there's there's too much too much being thrown in in terms of like as I said, too much focus on opposition teams and um sometimes it's it's a hard one like I say Atletico Madrid and that they've been brilliant at just throughout the years in the Champions League stifling teams to the point of like, it's unbelievable teams are playing against and they can't score against them but that again comes back to that's that's their style of play and it works it doesn't always work there'll, there'll be games that teams get a bit of luck or they, they just have a bad night but it's just that one style of play that that you stick to and you doesn't matter if it's, it goes bad one night, it's going to work the next night. But so, see, see yourself as a striker, do you like to play alongside a striker or do you like to play the own role? What sort of striker are you for people that's listening in? Uh, I've done, even this season, I've done, I've done both. Um, I think a, a large part of the season I've actually been up there myself and it's it's good in terms of when it when it goes right, you know you've been a huge part of what the team's achieved in that game. Um because you're up there and I'm generally good holding the ball and I've I'm quick enough that I I can get in behind in that as well. So um and I've always been uh, reasonably strong. So I can do I feel Obviously, to to the level that I'm playing it, I can do a job like that. There's obviously snakers in the world that are unbelievable, regardless if they play their cell or no. But I feel for me personally, I can do I can do both, um, and I enjoy doing both because I'm I'm quite unselfish, maybe too unselfish at times in terms of no focusing on scoring as many goals as is that. I want to, but um, I, if I had to choose, I think most strikers will choose to play with somebody. Um, is it it kind of harsh your workload? Because um, at times, if, if you're up there yourself and your team's not got a lot of the ball, you're, you're isolated and you're literally getting a ball up to you, you're trying to win fouls, you're just trying to get the team up the park. And if you're not doing that, then you know it's just going straight back into our team it is a lot of responsibility but I think as I said every striker would, would choose to have somebody up there with them 
It's mostly the modern game now, but deck on it is one striker, like four two three one, or kind of four three three. That's kind of a the way football's gone. For when I was young, it was four four two was the tactic that everybody used. Aye, aye, and that's that's the thing. If if you're up there yourself, it is good if if you've got that kind of as you say four two three one and and maybe the number ten. Is a wee bit adventurous and it goes beyond you, and that makes it easier. That's almost like playing with two um, or the full free free and the, the two wider men don't just stay wide all the time. If they just stay wide, there's just acres of spaces between you and them, and you can get snuffed out easily. Um, but uh, it's it can work both ways. It's as I said, as long as you've got people in there, wouldn't you? If you're, if you're up there yourself, then it's all right. I don't mind that. As long as you're... Because nine times out of ten, if you're up there yourself, you've got maximum of two or three touches before somebody, two or three men are, wouldn't you? So as long as you're, you're taking a touch and you, you've got somebody close enough that you can just pop it off and go again, then it does make your job easier. Because yeah. obviously, um, after... Yeah, loan spells you went to Fleetwood. Um, how did that move to my boot? Was and obviously as well, how's life down south compared to up here? Like as well with the football, like obviously Celtic Rangers up here, we think it's massive and blah blah blah. How how do they take that down there? And obviously Fleetwood, how is Fleetwood for you? Because again, that's quite a decent level as well down there. And I think were they no kind of kind of buying a lot of players at that team as well, Fleetwood. However, <coughs> the chairman obviously. How the move came about was just the season I had at Morton. They, my agent had been contacted off them and they'd, they'd watched a few of my games and it just kind of spiralled for there. They they were interested and I went and met them. Um, but I'd actually been offered another contract at Aberdeen under Derek McInnes and I just felt at the time that, as I said earlier, that... I, I would never want to be part of the furniture and I felt I would have been. Um, I would have played now and again or I'd maybe get a wee sniff here or there but that to me is it's not enough. I want to play games um, and that's not it's not like a, an arrogant thing. It's it's just a one of a way. I wanted to be a football player because I wanted to play on a Saturday and when you're not playing on a Saturday it's it's rubbish and um, as much as I, I'd grown up with Aberdeen I'd been there since I was eight I just thought it was just time I had to to go and try something new and I always wanted to go down south I always wanted to try it and I felt it would have been a good stepping stone um, so I went and met Graham Alexander um, and, and he was he was brilliant and I signed maybe and it was about a week after I finished the season with Morton. Um, I turned in the deal with uh, Aberdeen and went in there. So, um, but it was it was it was different in terms of it's just it's no. I don't mean it as Scottish teams are not as serious or professional, but just the the feel for the players. Mm-hmm. It's made a, a, an arrogance, didn't there? Like, 
playing like one, but these boys act like a superstar. Uh, no, no, to a big, no, like a, no, like a, a, a prick, but no, I get they, you, I get you, I get you. They've got more arrogance about them, um, and then just everybody's an athlete, just everybody's non stop gym and um, stuffed in there, so that was the only major differences for me. Um, but standards. Standard for me, you get obviously in League, League One when I was going there, you had big clubs, you had Sheffield United and all that, so um, you had really good players and um, so many teams, and then in the lower part of the league, there's some players that, that weren't very good, so mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't that all that different. Um, I think down south, when you hit the championship, that's when you start to see like really, really good players. Um, so it was a, it was it was different for me, and I went down and I, I started the other day. I scored my debut, and and I, I think it was maybe about ten games in. Graham Alexander, I was away with Scotland, and Graham Alexander got, got sacked just before I went. So I went away with Scotland, and when I was away, Stephen Presley got the job, and I came back and. It just, I just very rarely played ever since. Um, uh, yeah, for whatever reason, it, it, it just didn't take a liking to me, and that was it. It was, it was over before it even even began because of the face just didn't fit. Um, for whatever reason, I, I used to ask him, "Ah, what am I not doing right?" Or, what then we work on just I, I never really get anything back at him so for me I, I don't blame myself for that. Do you feel do you feel he was dead arrogant Presley? Uh, he's he's is that is it set in his ways basically? Base type of thing. Aye but he's he, he's assured himself and all that and uh, he just had he just had his his opinions mm-hmm. his opinions and and nothing would change him. Was um, it pure different styles of play? I take it for Graham Alexander to Presley then. Aye, aye. He came in and he, he had like his everyday training. Or I, I enjoyed all that. It was high intensity. It was really competitive. It would do competitions for. For people who scored the most goals throughout the month and all that, and it would be hotel getaways for you and the missus, whoever scored the most, most or won the most games in training or whatever else, I enjoyed all that. It was just, it was just for me personally, that you just couldn't speak to him. It just didn't give me much. Um, as I said, I was only young, so I would say to him, like, what do I need today to get in your team? And there was times he was he would say to me, "You're the best finisher at the club," and I'm like, "Well, I'm sitting in the stand, so how does that make sense to me?" Um, but what didn't help me was my missus had my first kid, um, but she came up the road early in Edinburgh to to have the baby because we didn't want to be English, but 
Cheeky Marpelli, so I was kind of waiting in limbo, waiting on the text. I got the text and I missed. I came up the road, I think it was a, a Tuesday night, a Monday night, a Saturday night, so I'm miles off it. But uh, I came up the road anyway and I'd missed, I think it was three days of training in total. Um, and it was him that he'd said to me, Look, you don't want to miss a birthday of first child. Um, so I was like, right, me bother. So first chance I got, I was straight back down because I, I knew I couldn't miss too much. I had to the training to get the chance of playing. Um, I, I'd get down and they, they never said a word really in the training days and that. And then they went down to, I think it was gelling on my way. So it was a good six hour trek on a bus and they'd left me out. And they said, oh, You've been after a few days. And I was like, you tell, you tell me. <laughs> so that, just that sort of stuff, it didn't help. But but looking back on the, the whole football thing, it, I don't really. I can't. There's things that I, I wasn't I wasn't used to that, that they were expecting anyway. But when I first went down, but like your body fats and all that, we we never really done that Aberdeen so. My body fat was a wee bit higher than, than it was meant to be. Um, but just apart from that, it's, I kind of look back at it and blame myself, really. I, I don't feel... Because um, I just... I just Once Presley came, I, I just wasn't giving me the opportunity. Um, and I just... I, I can't blame myself for it. Because I think, for me, obviously, it's... For me personally, listen, that's quite hard as a player. I mean, you're trying your hardest, and yeah, I see a lot of players. Maybe when you ask the manager, like, why am I not playing? But you've actually went up and went, listen, I want to play. Why am I not playing? We don't need it. You're actually asking for maybe a bit of advice. How do yeah. I how do I get better? How how can I how can I make a contribution to your team? And as a manager, maybe 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 some guys maybe will take to that and put the right thing, but. I think maybe these days now, I don't think you can do that now. I think you maybe need to explain to guys. I think guys maybe that when they maybe respect you more. If you tell them the truth and just say, this is why you're not playing, this is what you need to do, and then oh, just go and do it. 100%. 100%. I would, I've, I've been in managers' offices before and I've said to them, look, I'm not a wee boy. Like, I can take whatever you're going to say to me. You don't like me. Personally, you don't like me. As a football player, just tell me, then we know where we're at. Um, so I, I would always say that to them. I have no qualms about saying that to them. Um, because see, you sit uh, in a football environment and, and like I was at Fleetwood, I didn't know where I was coming or going because I wasn't gave any definite, like, no, nah, you're no good enough. Or, you need to do this, you need to do that. It was it was just it was kinda of left in limbo and so I was I was in my own heat like what my name rang. Um it, it it did put me in a dark place when I was doing there. Um and as soon as it came to the the next transfer window I knew I had to go to the and, and just go and play again. Uh, because sitting as I said earlier, I kinda of just sit and watch on a Saturday, it's it's just no me. Um, I think I would be the exact same if I was on 200 grand a week I still couldn't sit and watch 
um, on a Saturday, I would have to be out in loan and, and, and training, just putting a strip on, on on a Saturday. So that was a big thing. Like for me, as I said, I would always go in. If I'm not playing, I'll always speak to the manager and I'll always try and managers will try and keep you on side. So I feel like nine times out of ten, they're no quite as honest as they want to be. But um, but for me, I, I always try and get it with them. But what I'm doing wrong or what I've done wrong or what I need to do. Um, so that I know my mind head what needs to be done or, or if there is anything that can be done. Um, so I, that's, that's major for me. Um, I, 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 I would always ask a question. Yeah. Went to them filming your first time then. How was that? Aye, it was good. Um, it was after, after a bad loan spell at, at Rafe Rovers before that. I was... They just didn't know what we had a good team. Um, uh, just for whatever reason, we, we started the season really well. And then I think after 10 games, we were sitting tap. And then I think we went 17, 18 games with it actually winning the game. So it just went from that to that. Um, and so going after that bad season, and that was when I was out of contract at Fleetwood after that season. Um, so I was kind of, in that summer, I was thinking, I've not, I've not had the greatest of seasons. We've obviously went on loan and I've got relegated by the team and I was worried, like, what's next? So um, when Dunfermline came up and, and I managed to get it done, that, after the first couple of weeks in pre-season, I, I knew I was going to enjoy it. Like, um, I just felt, Back to my best, and I felt like just general vibe for the for the players that I was playing with, and that that I've, they knew I was a big party. What we wanted today, so just just that feeling. I was I was playing up front with with Nicky Clark, but I was I was more a, a number ten, um, and I I just I knew I was a big party. Everything that we were trying today, so. I just really enjoyed my football. Um, I didn't score as many goals as I probably wanted to. I, mean, I got 13. I, I think that season, um, it's never been, it's never been uh, officiated, but I'm sure I got like 14 assists, but I'm sure some of the stats that I, I'd looked back on, I'd say that I'd only ended up with about eight or something. But I'm, I'm sure I, I'd learned that because me and Nicky, Together had something like forty odd goal involvements between us. So, um, just just as I said, just loved my football. Um, the fans took to me, and and the, the boys that I was playing with took to me, and um, just get the love back again. So that was a big part because, as I said, the season before, and and then obviously being. Fleetwood and no going well with when Presley came in, but it was a couple of seasons where it was just it wasn't gone how I wanted to go and, and for that going into Dunfermline and it's it clicked again. It was a big thing for me. Did you feel just refreshed after, as you say, 
been at Fleetwood, been away for your missus, your newborn baby, and then no work with Rafe, and then got to Dunfermline to just feel like a lease of life again back into football and really enjoying that again for two seasons that you'd probably say that no that you'd forget, but a bad time in football. Aye, because you, you kind of, although I, I wasn't getting much at Fleetwood in terms of kind of information on, on, on what I was doing wrong or whatever else, you, you doubt yourself because you're, you're not playing. So there's got to be something. So you're doubting yourself all the time. And and obviously the, the, the season at Rafe, we're getting relegated and that just, the, the doubt was creeping in and I was just no enjoying it. I, I hadn't enjoyed it for a couple of years and uh, I was just at that, that kind of, I felt uh, it wasn't a make or break, but I was almost there. But I was the next place I went, I had to work, and, and thankfully, Dunfermline was, was a really good fit at the time. And, and I went in and I just hit the ground running and go straight back into enjoying football again. Um, as I said, it was, it was massive for me. Because, well, obviously, they're saying how you were refreshed on Fairmont, and then obviously, we had Ross County. Um, promotion won the Challenge Cup so that's obviously a, a successful season mate um, obviously again winning trophies and I think a lot of guys these days again this is just maybe me looking for an outset as a fan some guys might take as he got the ladder it's maybe a bit of money but um, when I played it was obviously a Celtic fan it was all about just playing with Celtic just playing football and even when I played 21s and amateur it was just about winning trophies and playing football and I think at Ross County, you won trophies, so that's that was probably a big part of your kind of career. Maybe he's winning trophies as well. Aye, but when obviously, as I said, I loved my my year at Dunfermline, but it was when Ross County came up. It was a, a case of I knew that they were building a squad that was was going to look to go straight back up in the Premier League. So I knew. It was a case of I was joining a team that was going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. And that was, for me, what I wanted the next step to be. I wanted to be on a team that was going to be challenging for for the, the championship. And and obviously, they added bonus to the, the Iron Brew Cup that we won. But the big major thing was going to a team that were challenging to win the championship and, and uh, going playing the, the Premiership again. So... Um, just, just I just kind of get the general feeling when I when I was signing that the, the squad that was there it was it was too good for the level and for me to be asked to join it it was it was too hard to turn down just the, the thought of going there and winning trophies and 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 winning things it was it was what I wanted it was what every I don't. Know, as you say, there is there is terms of cases now that boys will go and get bigger wages, but for me, I, I seen the other day actually a, a thing, I don't know if you've seen it about Harry Kane or, and John O'Shea, who would you rather aye, aye, aye. and at 100% I would rather have John O'Shea's career, I would rather be Harry Kane, <laughs> it's a tough one because I almost like him, I see him he's, he's unbelievable, but he would ha- rather have John O'Shea's career. He's won just about everything. Um, 
and that uh, that was a big thing about going to Ross County was I knew I was going into a team that was going to be challenging for titles. So, um, as you say, thankfully we did. We went and done a double that season, which was 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 brilliant. See, up at Ross County, I've heard rumours about the guy owns him really good with the players, the management, and the training facilities are meant to be above standard for a team of Ross County. In it, how was that? I. Definitely, it's kind of, you, you hear about it, but you don't actually realise until you're up there. Like, it, it's brilliant. Like, and the chairman's, the chairman's brilliant as well. Like, everything's taken care of. Like, the amount of money it must bleed into that club is, is outrageous. Because um, everything's to the highest of standards that it could possibly, could possibly do it. Um, and, and obviously, I played up there for a while. We never, we never had the the biggest support by any means. Um, so, for them to be putting that much money into the club and the facilities, and um, when he's, I dare say, he's not getting anywhere near that back, is, is massive credit to him because he's he's took the, the club from nothing to to a Premiership team, um, and. Uh, just on the facilities, when you go up there, you, you realise you've got everything that you need. Um, you've got gyms and, and canteens and uh, astro pitches, grass pitches, everything that you, you possibly need to, to go and, and better yourself. So that was another thing that when I went up there, that was was really refreshing to see. That, because like say, Obviously, Dunfermline doesn't have. We don't have a training ground and and all that. And that's a big thing for a a big selling point. I, I think for for football players is you're going to a club with facilities like that where you're you're not travelling to go to training grounds and and whatever else it is. It does make um, things a lot easier and a lot better. Um, so. When I went up there, it was it was brilliant in terms of that. See, obviously, Ross County, like obviously, see, you were playing me probably substand no, no substandard, but better standard players for that kind of level. Obviously, can do for the Premier League. There's our guys like uh, Ross Stewart, Michael Gardner, but they still there. Could you tell that they were going to obviously Michael Gardner had a pretty good career, obviously come to Celtic, but no Ross Stewart is building suddenly. Could you tell he was going to kind of progress the way he was going? Uh, at the start, at the start of the season um, in the championship, big Ross goal. I think they had they had the kind of mindset of he's one for the future, um, and he he would be kind of in and out. And then it was about halfway through the season that he started playing, and just just his his height is just a massive part of his game. Like he's he's brilliant there and he's so so useful in games um, just pure and simply because he's height but he's also a good football player and he's, he's he's quick as well for a big guy so you could tell that there's, there's players that have got like attributes like that they're, they're, they're tall or they're quick or whatever else and, and they've got a chance in the game because they've been blessed with a wee bit of something like that but his height and he's but he, he backs it up with being brilliant in the air and 
Um, and as I said, he's, he's, he's good with his feet as well. So we did know he, he, he had it. Um, like I said, Midge, Midge is just a, a seasoned pro, but he's, he's still one of the sharpest guys I've ever seen on a ball um, for his age. He's lightning with the ball, but um, I just playing, playing with him and seeing a career, he's, he's managed to get himself and he's won things and, and, and played silly amount of games in the Premier League and whatever else. So um, you knew you were, you were way, you were in a, a squad of, of very talented players anyway. Reminds me of Peter Crouch. You look at these guys and you go, they don't look like football players, but when you see them, they're really good at everything they do. It's weird. And Big Ross Stewart just reminded me of Peter Crouch in that sense. Looking yeah. at him, he's just that big gangly looking guy. Oh, well, his nickname was Crouchy. Was it? But as you say, he's just, he's got a good touch. He's, he's quick as well for a big guy. Um, and just unbelievable in the air, like just to a point of there's very minimal amount of defenders that will be able to deal with him there. So just having that out ball, like, hanging balls up in the boats or, or corners or anything like that, it, he's, he's very useful in terms of that. Um, but he just once, as I said, once he got into the team, he, he just hit the ground running and he, he kind of never looked back. Um, and obviously, for me, he deserved, he deserved a chance to get in and, and get that moving. Um, and for me, hopefully, hopefully it works out for him. Um, I, know he, I know he scored in February a couple of weeks ago, so hopefully he can kick on again. Good to hear. There's obviously an account as well. I can remember, don't quote if I'm wrong, yeah, quote if I'm wrong, but I think I see on your Instagram that the promotion party, Magaluf, that must have been, that must be, I've seen it, I was like, that looks amazing. Just, I, I think it was quite early on in the, in the season, wasn't it? Uh, in the Maglo season, just went, wasn't it? I think it was in the summer, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was, it was uh, right at the start of May. Um, and it was, it was only four days, but it's just four days non-stop. It's Madness. Just, uh, just, just to kind of, the whole, gone through the whole season and, and end up winning two titles and, um, obviously the thing I, added bonus that you're getting promoted to the Premier League is just four days and, and the chairman had paid for it all and he gave us a kitty and um, just it was brilliant just get, getting away and just having that piss up with the boys it's just just turns out a carnage at times but but it was, it's brilliant honestly you must have a story. It's a, a funny story, especially under, especially with booze involved. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, Michael Garden was putting fags out in my belly, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, probably the funniest one, the weirdest one would be my missus pal ended up in this bar that we were in with a boyfriend, <laughs> and we all bounced about in the street, bobbies out and everything, everywhere. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I'm sure her pal must have seen all he was naked because we just kept scanning each other. And M- Michael Gardings are worse for it. Eh? 
you could be stunned at how skinny and you're <laughs> everyone's out on show. And he he just gets naked regardless. He's just he's just mental. Right? Is it okay that he <laughs> shot the Celtic Park penalty area? Aye, uh, penalty spot. Aye, he's telling us a story about when he was he was only young. He's got uh, was Gordon Slack was a manager, and he was. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Chris Sutton had said to him. It was either Chris Sutton or Alan Thompson said to him, because I knew he was a screwball. He said to him, you know, just going out to the warm-up and obviously there's a big section of balls. They'll put all the balls together for whatever they're going to do in the passing goal. <laughs> and I think it was, it was either Chris Sutton or Alan Thompson said to him, got them too fit to balls. <laughs> He's just went up and fucking weathered these balls too fit to them. Everywhere scattered them or the training ground. <laughs> I think Gordon Stratton just said to him, get the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's, he's just carnage. Honestly, he's carnage. Um, you, you just, you can't, on a night out with him, you just can't trust a word that he says. Or, or If he's trying to hand you a beer, you just don't know what's in that beer. <laughs> Could be it. Brilliant. I've seen you mention so, that. That's brilliant for, like, see, like you mentioned, night shooting. Having a bit of banter, and I think that, that as you mentioned, the team spirit, and obviously due to COVID, that's still happening. That that's me why you you are such a winning team as well because you had all that in addition. I definitely, it's a, it's a massive thing. See, so just day to day training, just the chat in the dressing room, and the banter, and uh, pranking each other, and just taking a piss at each other every day is is massive. Honestly, you you really get to. No boys a lot better on a personal level, like and just going for coffees and that. Just honestly, like we'd have coffee clubs and there'd be five six boys that go for a coffee every day and just you can't you can't even do that now. So like we I car sharing and all that, you know, like car share and yeah. um, car schools and that's a massive thing, a massive part of it all, especially when it's like say. Ross County, where if you're um, like, but it's that far away that there's no many boys that are actually free the Highlands. Mm-hmm. So it's mostly all boys that are either moved up with their missus or they've moved up families or they've moved up themselves. So everybody's kind of on the same boat in terms of in the, in the team. So that, that was good that way. Like, uh, Keith Watson and, and Big Carl Morris and all that there they always used to come out of your house for dinner or we'd go to theirs or um, just stuff like that just we had a car school like uh, Ross Draper and all that and just just that general banter it's just it's just not there to me because you just know that a chance to you get to you get to know the boys a lot better as I said on a, a lot more personal level and, instead of just just on the training part. Um, and I, I, for me, it is a, it's a massive thing. You ended up back in loan spell at Falkirk. You end up the top goal scorer. How was yeah. that? Right, it's just... Sorry, you were quite... Before that's Falkirk, you were at, sorry. Aye. Um, we'd obviously get promoted with the county and I'd have the aspiration of going and, and, and playing in the premiership. Um, but as I explained to you earlier, it was I'd spoke to the managers and I'd, they'd they'd said to me like because 
the championship season I actually mostly played at wide, which was kind of foreign to me. And I knew I, I would do a job, and I did do a job for the most part. And, um, I didn't fully love it. It was not what I was used to, but I, I was doing the job, so I was I was enjoying it, and we were winning games, so it obviously softened the ball. But um, when I was getting we into the Premiership, I'd spoke to the manager and he'd said, look, Falkirk have, have asked about you. Um, it was actually through Midge. Midge had met um, Ray McKinnon and Dundee. And he'd say, what about the boy McManus? And Midge was like, I don't know. I know what's happening, but he asked a question. So it came for that, because I wasn't on any transfer lists or anything like that. Or, um, my, my agent had to put any words out of it. And so it was kind of out the blue. And the managers had said to me, look, for what you gave us last year and all that, like, we want to be honest with you. You might play 20 games here and it might be brilliant. He said, you might only play 10. Um, at this stage right now, we were not 100% sure what we can offer you in terms of game time. Mm-hmm. And I just said, that. that's brand new. Like, for me, I would rather go and play 30, 40 games um, than guaranteed than then maybe have 10, 20 in the Premiership. For me, it doesn't matter about this. the um, the level. If, I, I'm not getting, if I'm not getting a chance to go and date at that level, then I'll drop mm-hmm. down and I'll play 30, 40 games and I'll go and prove myself again. So that's what I decided today. And I managed to, to get the last season that back down the road eventually. Um, and the the rains back down there because her family's in there as well. So, but just a just a case of what I go and play again, um, what I go and play in my position and score goals and and as as you say, I, I, I managed to do that. I hit the ground running again and 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 never really looked back. Just really enjoyed it. Fans, the fans really took to me because before that I was I was a big enemy of Falkirk. They didn't like me very much, but um, but if you're scoring goals, then fans are fickle and they'll they'll take to you. So thankfully I was, and I, I, had, I enjoyed every minute. Of it. Um, and when Ray gets sacked, it was Liam Kratz coming, and obviously I, I knew Lee really well anyway. So that. Helped as well, um, and I just, as I said, I never looked back. I just enjoyed my football and scoring goals again. Because obviously, after Falkirk, now they're doing Fairmont. Um, obviously, the point there before you, as you spoke about how you turned up to the Fairmont in your first spell, and you kind of knew you would kind of suit the play, and you'd be suit playing there. And is that what was that? Is that why you kind of went back to this spell now? Uh, I well, obviously when I when I was leaving Dunfermline for County at the time, it was it was a hard decision because I, the season had went so well for me personally. Um, and the chairman at Dunfermline had tried his best to keep me, and it was just that aspect I wanted to go and win trophies, and, and I felt that my opportunity was better at, at County at the time. So it was a tough decision because. I was walking away from something that I know was working. Um, so when 
it was actually during the, the Falkirk loan spell. I'd spoke to um, Stevie Crawford in the January because it, it was currently we're trying to get Mary my wage paid. So um, there was a couple of teams down south that had said they'd pay Mare and it was kind of like they were pushing it to Falkirk. Look, these teams are willing to pay Mare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and Ferman was one of them as well. So I'd spoke to Stevie and I just, it was a tough one to knock back again because I, I knew coming here, I loved and I, I like I love the people and the, the club and that. So I knew everything was was going to be good. But with Falkirk, I was in a position where it was going really well. I, I think I had 19 goals or something by January, and I was just like in the mindset of why. Why didn't he change it right now? Like, I'm under no pressure to change it. So I'd say to him, look, right now it's a, it's an all. Uh, I'd rather just stay where I'm at and, and do what's working for me. And um, and then, like, hopefully if you're still interested in the summer when I'm, a, I'm on a free, then I can speak to you then. So when it come up again, literally as soon as kind of football started to pick up again after lockdown or during lockdown it was it was one of the first phone calls that I got again so it was it was done pretty quick and uh, since I started seeing it I just kind of took off when I, when I left here and it just feels like that same it's I'm enjoying my football and uh, just just the whole club it just I just seem to click me. So I think it's good as well when you're saying you click you click click with the club. It's good that I think it's these days some players fit certain clubs. Do you think maybe you sit them you suit them firmly? I just just obviously the the first spell gone so well for me personally, but just I think in terms of just the fact the fans and the, the people the because you get in a football club, you get people that are in jobs in the club that are genuine fans of the club, mm-hmm. and and um, and these people seem to just take to me and, and, and really appreciate what I was gaining, my work rate, and just gain everything that I could for the for the club. So in terms of that, it just clicked that I knew I was appreciated and. It's it's a big thing when you're a football player that you're somewhere that you know you're appreciated and and you know that your your jobs make a difference. What you're doing make a difference to these people. So um, in terms of that, it was it was it just kind of clicked straight back into where it, where it was left. So it was a, a big thing for me this, this season as well. You were Scotland under 18s, 19s, and 20s. How how was that? Representing your country, all A levels. I was, it was the first. I remember the first kind of call up that I got under eighteens, and that that wasn't a that wasn't a, like a tournament squad because there's no tournaments at under eighteens. It was just a kind of friendly squad in terms of they were they were kind of looking at the players that were going into the under nineteens set up for the for the Euros and that the following year. So it was my first call up, and it was. 
wee bit surreal. It's like it's because it, the setup at the youth levels is it is all basically as as good as what the the A team will get. Right in terms of you know, just everyone's like looked after for you and, and obviously just pulling on that Scotland strip is just it's just yeah. mental. It's just it's just something that you always dream about when you're a wee boy. So even to the day at the youth levels was was a wee bit surreal and um and you know, when I was playing for Scotland we played against big big countries and there was boys that were at huge clubs that were playing against us. So you, you were playing against genuine like superstars, so it was it was just that's playing now that you went, wow, you could tell. Aye, aye. Um, I played, I played against the name of few, Nathan Aki, at Man City. Um, and his team, I think, I think, um, I think of the other boy, is it, that, is it Neres? I'm pretty sure he played. Um, but the, the, the French team that I played under thirty ones was an absolute disgrace. Honestly, like if you go if you want to go back and I could think I can name most of the team. Um I'm not hundred percent sure on the goalie, but the right back was a Mavi who played for Aston Villa. Maybe more remember him. Um but I am sure he's at Marseille or something. Um centre backs were Laporte and Longley. Aye. Uh, left back was Mendy. Uh, uh, it was Lamar, Rabio, Toliso, and Coleman. With Haller and somebody else, big boy Haller. It's at Ajax now. Uh, um, that was their that was their starting lineup. Fuck. It was unbelievable. Um, but probably the best best I've played. A, Played against in terms of that actual game um, would be Rabio. Rabio was unbelievable. Was, I watched just, him against Celtic. I thought he was wearing a pair of horse. I, I, I was at that game, um, the PSG game at Parkhead, and he was just in second gear. Like uh, it, even that game I played against him, like I there's once I remember I came on as a sub and I. I pressed him from behind, but he was getting a ball on his feet and obviously I'm coming from behind him. So I think I'm nicking this here. And he took a like touch me outside his foot and he even looked back at me and went the other way and I've continued to run, he's away. I'm gone. And I was just I remember thinking, Wow. He's got fucking eyes in the back of his head. He's got fucking built built in uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Wing mirrors. Wing mirrors, eh? But that's some experience, but see, even at that age, playing with A guys, and now you've seen what they've done. You obviously see, you're talking about Rabi uh, over the new then, and then you see them now, that's just, to have that experience playing, wait, even just that playing against A guys, that's, that's oh. brilliant, mate, that's brilliant. Well, uh, the likes of Coleman was a, was a, the kind of the biggest name at that time, in that team. Because um, he was he was playing by um, Munich at the time, and I think three days after that game he was due to play Arsenal in the Champions League. So, like 
in terms of that, but it was John McGinn was playing for us, obviously, and um, we talked before the game about Coleman and what he could do, and John, I think John just go and he said, "I'm going to fucking melt him." <laughs> so <laughs> first twenty minutes, he's absolutely melted him twice, and Coleman's just stood up and just done the signal like to take him off. Ah. There was nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong with him. He was just that, like, nah, "This boy's going to injure me." Out, isn't he? Point me point here. Um, he just wasn't interested because he, he knew he was probably too good for that level so um, I just as soon as John smacked him a second time he just stood up and just thought that's me I'm done take me off um, were you just, McGinn back in that he was going to be as good as he was John McGinn aye aye um, in, terms of, in terms of McGinn though like see youth level he, he was really really small uh, um, and it, it was at St Mirren and it was just a, a very I think very rarely played at the youth levels and then he just came out of nowhere he just took a growth spot and just ever since he, he kind of got up to size he's just he's just he's always been stocky in that and just naturally strong um, but as soon as he got the height he just took off and at that time at 20 lands and that you knew he was he was a different class. He was brilliant football player and just he's just brilliant at what he does. Um but if, when I seen when he went down south, he's the sort of player that you know wouldn't he it wouldn't he hamper him. Um in terms of quality wise and that he had he has the quality but he's also got everyone else that he needs. Um and he showed that mm-hmm. tenfold in the Premier League and that's probably why he's got a Fifty million price tag in his seat. So, that's good to hear that you played against these absolute superstars, Declan. It's something that I, I didn't you know. Um, uh-huh. it's incredible to think they're the of these guys. It's probably on about three hundred grand a week now. I know, I know. I know. We should be that top. Definitely. This is uh, as a can I anything obviously. Well, mate, I've, your stories have been brilliant hearing some of your experiences as top class, mate. As I obviously defend the new, I know he's a kind of probably try to push up in motion. Um, obviously, you're still quite young in the game, which obviously was your future plans be just trying to obviously play the highest level as you can. I definitely, um, I've still got, <sighs> I'm kind of at the, yeah, maybe touching your prime at 25, 26, so, um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I can keep to keep kicking on and and but for me, as you say, we're we're going for a promotion this year. We want to get second spot, and um, it'd be a massive thing for me if we could go and get promoted with this team because uh, I seen it last time that when I was here we got to the playoffs and and we fell uh, the first hurdle against Dundee United, but. You could tell that it meant so much to the fans and the, the club. Um, they want to get back to where they feel they, be, they belong. So that's my the first major goal that you, you want to get is get done filming back to the, the Premier League. But in terms of me and my career, um, I want to go and I want to play at the highest level I possibly can. I've always been that. Um, just want to play games, but I want to do it at the highest level I can. So, um, 
I think that's anybody's aspiration, but I, I kind of in the mindset, I know, like, I would love to go abroad or uh, just anywhere, just go and try something and experience something, like, experience like something different. America and stuff like that. I'm, I'm open to all that and maybe try that one day if it comes up. So, just, but obviously, as I said, the, the main aspiration is to play at the highest level you possibly can. If you had a choice of any country and say world football, where would you like to play? Uh, obviously, you've got. Spain and that, that the, the football's brilliant, but I think the diving about that would blow my head off. I would end up fighting with people every week because they're diving. Uh, but I just in terms of technical ability, you know that Spain, you know that's that really good football. Um, but in terms of living, you know that I would quite like to try America or. Um, even even Australia, I know that. The league in Australia is it's, it's not a major league right now, but just the lifestyle in, that, in terms of that, I would like to try that. Um, but if you had the aspirations, I would love to. I would love to go and play in Germany. Germany's just Germany's. I've, when I was at Fleetwood, we played Borussia Dortmund B, uh, right. and they had, a, they had a good few players that are actually playing first team playing, so they had quite a big support. Um, it was just like a wee training ground that we played them at and they had quite a few thousand fans out to watch. And you could just tell, like, see watching German teams on the telly and the fans are just brilliant. And I would just love to play in the, they sort of atmospheres we can recruit. Because even the small clubs in Germany um, are backed to the hilt. You very rarely see an empty stadium in Germany. Do you know, earlier Declan, that when you buy a season book in Germany, you get a free rail ticket to go to the away games and stuff. And oh, Germany, yeah. that's what I mean. It's massive, like you like for Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund, and that's all included. It's all about the football and oh, fans. That's that's the thing. Like you see these these clubs like Borussia Dortmund, as you say, it's it's buttons compared to other major clubs in the world for season tickets um, and you see these the, the, the proper lookout for the fans and um, and they get the backing because of it um, and I think it was a couple of years ago when the, the whole Borussia Dortmund season ticket hadn't come out and they were, they were comparing it to Arsenal and Arsenal's I think worst seats in Emirates are like 1200 quid a year and it, they're just like it's just it's just, I know living in London is everything's higher priced anyway, and living's higher priced, but just just scary money for these big clubs. And, and I think the whole Germany outlook on it, German outlook on it, is, is refreshing in terms of that. Definitely. That's yes, mate. I, I think, meanwhile, we really appreciate our time. Um, and I know about some broke stories, especially oh, against. It's really good, Declan. I've been just sitting. Enjoying your stories, really. <laughs> Dead strip back stories just for a, a normal guy that's done well for a housing scheme in Glasgow. It's been brilliant. Hi, I it's been brilliant to talk to you two years. And as I, I, I know, I know Ryan for, for school and that, so it was easy 
come on and chat away. Um, uh, and you, you sat there and listened. There's not many people that listen to me. Missus is sitting next to me and she's all the listen. I wish I could listen all day long. <laughs> As I say, mate, I do really appreciate your time. Um, hopefully, just I just continue, obviously, the career doing well. Hopefully, hopefully we see you again next year in the, the Premier League, mate. But again, Declan, thanks for your time. Robert, good luck again, with mate. Stefan as well. Right. Thank you very much. Aye, like- and that'll be us in the South Line for our podcast. That was the podcast with Declan McManus. Declan, take care, mate. Keep well, Robert. I want to see you again, mate. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The need to fly.